Still Kirby. Lovely check. Kirby! Welcome to another episode of Fran Kirby's Fight Club. It's been a while. Hope everyone is well. Um, this is your one-stop listen for all things Chelsea FCW and, of course, Fran Kirby. Wouldn't be anyone else. Uh, I'm your host. I'm Andre, and I'm here with my co-host, Miriam. Miriam, it's been a while. How have you been? Yeah, it's been quite strange. I'm, you know, not going to lie, I felt quite bad these last few weeks when we haven't sort of posted, but we had a reason we for sure that, did. didn't we? Uh, Chelsea has had a seriously long break, an unexpectedly long break, an annoyingly long break, because when you consider the form they were in uh, before this happened, and obviously... It mo- it's it really comes down to uh, Aston Villa players, you know, contracting the virus. So we do hope that they're okay. We do hope that they do experience a full recovery. It is unfortunate, but you know, trying to play sports during a pandemic, these things will happen. Uh, so it's a little frustrating um, from a Chelsea perspective to go so long without a match. Because the last time you saw your beloved Blues on the pitch was in the FA Cup uh, against Arsenal, winning four one, and then in the league against Manchester City. Winning 3-1, they just won. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What a week. week. Manchester City just won their FA Cup final match against Everton. Uh, So, (laughs) yeah, exactly. They're they're very fortunate. (laughs) It was not against us. Could have been against us. All we had to do is beat Everton. We'll get into that a little bit later because we do have them coming up in uh, a week from the time of recording. Uh, One thing I did want to note, though, because we felt bad um, about the lack of an episode and because um Miriam's sister did such a great job on our logo we did open up a shop so we have tweeted about it there is a link to it in our we, we might even put it we should put it in our bio on the on the site and on our twitter page but we'll do that yeah. um but yes yeah, it's, it's just a little fun thing the logo looks great i got some stickers that are on my laptop i'm gonna slap them anywhere i can because i really like the logo i think it's awesome so i hope you guys think so too um, but yeah, we dropped some some stuff and we, and we have some ideas about what the store might be. It won't always just be our logo. So we might have some some fun stuff coming up in the future. But yeah, if you guys want to check that out, head over to our Twitter account uh, and you can check that out. We hope that that's a little, you know, sorry for missing an episode. But, you know, we have we, we've been doing stuff. We just haven't been talking to each other about Chelsea. But that changes right now because we have games to talk about. Finally. Finally, matches to talk about. Finally. Finally. And the first matchup is against Spurs. Alex Morgan's <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, we, are, we are facing them in the FA Cup again. This is a, a kind of a group stage match, right? This is what we do uh, in the Women's FA Cup. And uh, we face them Tuesday, I believe, at, at – I'm not going to do the math on the pod. I've done that before – Basically, 2 p.m. Eastern time. You can figure out whatever that means for wherever you are. Uh, so, Miriam, what do you think about Spurs coming up in this long, 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 long break from Chelsea? Last time they played, I believe, was what, October 11th? Yes, October 11th. And it will be November 3rd when they have their next match. So, Spurs, tell me about them. Yeah, it's been a real tale of misery, I think, for them, both on and off. Tale of misery is a great way to put it. Um, A real tale of misery. And it's not just the Alex Morgan, you know, the Alex Morgan-less hole that 
they've had to deal with. But it's it's five games, four defeats and one draw. It's conceding 13 goals and only scoring three. It's not having the players at hand in terms of, uh, you know, a central striker or even a playmaker. It's just sort of sort of being really under-resourced in all departments. And it's it must be frustrating because when Spurs kind of made their breakthrough into the WSL from the champions, the women's championship, um, things look quite promising. But from there on, it's just kind of really deteriorated. And I think that there are certain issues that are now flaring up that makes it all the more exciting for me to see how Chelsea are going to face them. Um, and it's not like you know, it's not just the midfield and the attack; it's also their defense because they're really prone to giving away possession. And in my head, I can just imagine Gene Kirby really hounding them and and creating those chances. So you know, if you're a Spurs fan and you're listening to this, I'm really sorry, but there doesn't seem to be any any sort of any sign of optimism. Well, I, I will really. I will throw this question out here to you uh, about what to expect because there's been a long break. I think. Uh, um, Spurs haven't had quite as long of a break. They had a match the following weekend, the la- the final weekend, the weekend after we had our last match uh, at Chelsea, and so they have had some time off. So presumably they could have they could have used this time uh, to get better, to kind of get back to the form that they had, you know, uh, last season where they're fairly formidable. They're they're fairly they weren't a team that you had to worry about beating you, but it, it was difficult to actually score the goals to beat them. And it seems like that's kind of their peak at the moment, particularly with the, with the level, with the quality of talent that they have. Uh, But it's also been a long time since Chelsea has played. We're talking about rust as, as is always the case. A lot of players played for their international teams and some didn't, Um, you know, they've been training like Sam Kerr. There's been a lot of funny stuff at training if you follow their social media. Um, But we also had Fran Kirby who pulled out of England. um, of, Lioness, of the Lionesses camp uh, on, on Tuesday, um, ahead of the game that was ultimately um, canceled. It was against mm-hmm. Germany. It was canceled, of course, because we're in a pandemic and bad things happen. So they decided to be um, extremely cautious and not play a meaningless game. Um, but Fran wrote um, on her Instagram and Twitter accounts saying, uh, as a response to her ankle injury that forced her out, uh, quote, I'm absolutely gutted to have to pull out of the line in this is camp in the, on, and the game on Tuesday. My recovery starts now, and I'll be doing everything I can to get back as quick as possible. So we know she can come back. <laughs> she she hasn't she, given a lot away, though, has she, in terms right, of Right, yeah, we don't know the severity of it as of the recording of this podcast. I'm going to assume that even if she's healthy enough they're going to save her um for the match at the weekend which we'll get into a little later so what do you think with this matchup being kind of uh one thing that's coming up when both teams had a pretty extended break both teams were relatively healthy of course Chelsea could be missing uh could realistically be missing a really key piece to their offense um and really defensively too we talked before about how many tackles Frank Kirby has had uh, up and down that right flank um, what, do you think that time off might level the playing field in any way where Spurs could be looking at this as an opportunity as opposed to just like covering their eyes and hoping the scoreline doesn't get too embarrassing? Well, I think that question kind of relies on Emma Hayes and her choice of squad, whether or not she's going to pick a strong squad or whether or not she's going to rotate and experiment, given that we have that game against Everton. But also, I think sort of um, just going by the way that it, Spurs played against Arsenal and they had that really heavy defeat. I think it shows that when they play against teams that attack heavy like Chelsea are, 
they really struggle to to find ways to contain that attack and I think that yes we might be rusty we might have one of those games where we miss loads of chances and the xg is high but you know the scoreline isn't so but I think it will be a dominant display and then really kind of seeing that from a point where Spurs really don't have um they have a playmaker they have Ayan and she she does the job pretty well but alone is not enough and they don't have that um that connection between the midfield and attack the way that Chelsea might do through G Kirby harder and then Kerr in England I think that you know having that lack of goal scoring threat that's going to be key but then also the other way around they they really like to play out from the back which again is really sort of dangerous and risky and playing against a team that presses quite well um as as Chelsea do obviously not knowing whether or not Fran Kirby is going to be in the mix she's like one of the the most intense presses I think it's going to be a real problem for them to to be on top of the game it's just about whether or not we play a side that could really sort of demolish them six or seven goals or we play a side that has a few players who maybe sort of don't really yeah, get yeah i think it's a lot I, of I think time. similar to you it's going to be an interesting match and and the the thing that kind of gives me a little um quite a bit of hope obviously is that you know everton or not everton but spurs defense isn't that great you know they've given up a lot of goals you know six of those came uh, against arsenal and miedema got a hat trick and we know the level of attacking talent we have but really it's it's their errors at the back that some of that stuff is really difficult to clean up um, and especially yeah. against teams that put you under a lot of pressure. And if Chelsea does anything, <laughs> they know how to put uh, defenders in possession under a lot of pressure. So that might be a really concerning thing. But, you know, missing, potentially missing uh, Fran Kirby might be interesting as well to see if they can continue to do the same thing um, with somebody else playing that role. So I think it's going to be an interesting one. Um, so that's going to be the match on Tuesday. And then just a few days later on, I believe it's Sunday, uh, we face Everton in the league. And Everton, of course, you may remember, they dealt us that shock defeat in the in the return of the 2019-2020 FA Cup. Uh, I believe it was a quarterfinal round. Uh, that was really unfortunate for us and a, and, a, and a bit of a shock because nobody was held out for that match, even though it was left over from the previous season. All players that were registered were available. We played a strong side and we lost. Um, so um, today, though, Everton were beaten by Manchester City in the in the FA Cup final. It was 1-1 after normal time. A couple of good, uh, good goals. Sam Mewis got the opener for City with the headed goal. And then Govong, um, who scored against Chelsea, she scored against Manchester City in normal time to even it up. Uh, and then they went into extra time, and City got two goals. Uh, one really well worked. Their uh, their teenager there, Jess Park, had a had a delightful pass uh, for Georgia Stanway to to get the um, to get them on top. But Everton before that have been on quite of a roll, unbeaten in the WSL. As we know, they already beat Chelsea once. They have four wins, one draw in the WSL. Scored a bunch of goals, only three conceded. So. This is definitely going to be either this is going to be a tough match, both a tough match and it's going to be a match where Chelsea can get a bit of revenge because um, it doesn't seem like Everton really came out of the 120 minutes today in the best of health. No, and I think that might be something that we can definitely exploit. I remember playing against Arsenal where they were missing Rude and Nobs and I don't think that we would have won that game. It sure was, was it 4-1, right? We like beating them 4-1. 
we wouldn't. I don't think we would have won that game four one if it wasn't for the fact that they were missing key players. And this is this might be a repeat. You know, they're missing Govan and they're missing uh, Graham as well. Two players are absolutely instrumental to the way that they play. Two players that really help bulk out midfield, but also provide goals on the other end. And Govan was the one that caused us so much sorrow, really, when we play them. And her headers and the power that she has in the box, it's just so hard to defend against. So consider now that, you know, that that's a player that may or may not play from from the start. And also having that like a presence in the midfield from Graham, we've got the perfect opportunity to, to really come out fast from the blocks and apply the pressure that we can apply. And hopefully that's with Kirby included, given that she, you know, we're, we're guessing that she's not going to play against Spurs. But at the same time, like you said, that this is an Everton team that are on the run and even without Govon, it's possible that they'll still play in a way that, that suits them. They'll they'll you know add an extra midfielder and push maybe tweak formation and that might be a little bit uncomfortable for them but but it's going to make it a hell of a lot harder for us to push through and and create our chances so I think it I think again it's going to be a tough game but I do think that we'll come out on top and um like I said the first time around we played I actually predicted that defeat but I don't think that this time around I don't think that we will we won't succumb to defeat. I just feel like we've got a more attacking lineup, and they'll probably look to rotate as well. Like we mentioned, they were beaten in the FA Cup final today. That went to 120 minutes. They'll probably be tired and fatigued, and you know it's still early in the season, so I don't know whether or not um, they want to kind of sacrifice uh, players that might be tired and more at risk of injury. To yeah, I kind a of game agree like with that. you. I, you know, you never really want to look at you know injuries are bad. They're a part of the sport, but they're really unfortunate. Uh, when they do happen, but they also end up changing matches sometimes before the match kicks off. And so there's there are some times, you know, when a player can get injured and then, you know, the backups come in and they play up to a level, they're very motivated, and the team kind of plays above their levels. Uh, they should, even though they've been weakened by some by, by the absence of a couple players. But we should really be looking at this as no matter who plays, that we've got some unfinished business against Everton. They have had a tremendous start to their season, but this is one of those uh, matches to me where Chelsea says, all right, we're Chelsea. We went out and we added <laughs> ridiculous talent to our like best in the world type of talent to our best in the world squad. So our best in the world type squad. We're not best in the world yet because we haven't lifted any trophies to declare us. So, but we know that roster construction, that squad construction is quite nice. So um, it is going to be an interesting match. And I hope that you know, I kind of like the fact that Chelsea has a warm-up match, you know, against Spurs to kind of knock off the rust and then get themselves really prepared for that weekend match. So uh, let's kind of switch focus a bit. Let's go back to Spurs. I want to talk about them, you know, the the teams as a whole. We're going to focus on strengths and weaknesses, um, both of us and of, of our opponent, and kind of take it game by game. So, of course, the first game is Spurs on Tuesday across the team. So from defense to attack, uh, how do you see us faring against Spurs? What do you think will be some strengths for us and what do you think will be some weaknesses for us potentially? So I think that Spurs will definitely look to defend deep and that's because, again, they probably do not want a repeat of the performance that they put in against Arsenal. They don't want another game that they lose six or seven goals by. But at the same time, and I saw this against um, when they played against Man, Man United, they really, really like playing up in the back for a team that's not defensively sound. And if they continue to play like that, then I then and I'm sure Emma Hayes has done her homework to see that to see that they do. She probably will play a high press, and that might mean having um, Ingles and Leopold play in that middle. And I think that will really allow us to get possession back from from areas where Spurs are just sort of pinging it about, not sort of pushing it forward. 
And I think if we can do that, there's, there's all the more chances of creating opportunities further to whoever's playing up front, if that's Kerr or England. Um, I also think that because of the players that we possess um, in midfield, counter-attacks and fast breaks are going to be all the more important. And I don't think that Spurs um, are able to react quickly to situations like that. When they played against Arsenal, there were, there were many times where the Arsenal midfield was just sort of running through and there were lots of gaps. I think Cuthbert is a player, we've, we've talked about her a lot, and she's probably one of those players who's able to, to, to really drive and take the ball forward. And I think that she's going to be key in instigating those attacks. And as you mentioned before, it looks as if that they're going to be without yeah, Morgan the, again. The thing with Alice Morgan is a little interesting. I mean, we know that she is to the point where, you know, she's trying to come back from having having a baby from from pregnancy. Um, and uh, she's, she's trying to get her body in shape. She's trying to get herself back up to a professional standard of football. And it's difficult. You know, there's not a whole lot of there may be a lot of internal science because if you listen to Rob Harris from the Associated Press, he he did a really good uh, kind of long long-ish sort of interview with Alex Morgan, uh, and it's um, we we may um, retweet it or something so that everybody knows um, can see it or, or listen to it. Um, but she was pretty honest and open that she just kind of doesn't really have much of a timetable. You know, she thought she was getting ready and then she had a bit of a setback. So it is interesting to see that you don't really know exactly how you know the recovery from something like a pregnancy is and we don't really know how to quantify that on a on a standard uh scale when it comes to looking at this kind of stuff so it is one of those areas where we need a lot of advancement i think we also need to talk about it more and understand that things like that are are quite difficult and some players do it pretty easily as we've seen some players you know have a baby and then they're they're right back out there i think sydney larue um a player who is from was on the U.S. Women's National Team, she had a baby, came back, and then had another one and came back. So she's been playing. Um, and she played in the fall series in the NWSL here in the States, and she's been playing well. Um, fitness looks good. She looks just as fast as she did before. So, um, But Alex Morgan is having a bit of a di- more difficult time. She did say in that interview that she has communicated with a number of, of women athletes who have had um, babies and came, came back. She mentioned some of the small stuff that you can do, um, even if you can't do a whole lot to get your body prepared and ready. So there is some some internal, you know, uh, I guess, health sort of things that she's been doing to get herself there. She just hasn't been able to take that final step and say, OK, I think I'm match ready now. Um, and we're probably not anticipating her being able to do that um, come Tuesday, to be honest. And she did mention about how um, she really sort of exposed yeah. how difficult it is to return to match fitness. When she was at Orlando, she had a lot of training, but that training was just her alone. And she thought maybe that she was at a at a better stage, really. But then she kind of realised that things that only occur within teams and within a, a group training session, which is like deceleration, uh, reaction time, changing speed as such, those things are the things that she really lacked. And um, she's also had that knee injury that kind of keeps flaring up so it's it's definitely sort of in doubt about whether or not she's going to get any game time for Spurs in the next few months and again with her contract um, expiring soon so it's going to be interesting to see that I guess we can kind of say that we definitely won't see her in the next few games as you mentioned but Spurs actually still do possess a few areas where they could cause us some um, some slight risk if you will they do use a lot of flank play from Neville and you often see her going up and down w- without sort of any um, any issues. And though we're not always kind of uh, 
able to to sort of prevent that we've had our own flank issues maybe that's one area where they could exploit our our issues but they don't really have anyone centrally to to for her to connect in the way that um everton might have govan or that we have Kerr. so again it's sort of futile um so maybe it's just about keeping an eye on squandering possession in those areas making sure that we're not giving them the opportunity to put in crosses or even free kicks because they've got um yeah i think that one of the interesting things them. is and it sounds like you know we're gonna have another one of those issues one of the one of the another one of those matches where you know you get two banks of four and it's going to be up to chelsea to move the ball quickly and to be clinical with their finishing because this is one of those matches where suddenly you know you're frustrated you know it's nil nil an hour in or so and all of a sudden the ball kind of gets booted up the flank there's no build-up play but suddenly somebody from spurs gets onto it you know, then they have a free player kind of running who made a who made a sprint, and all of a sudden they're in the middle of the box free, and you end up getting a really high percentage chance, and they nail it. So it could be one of those like one shot, one chance kind of one goal kind of things, and then you just have to be prepared for that. So I do think that Chelsea is going to have to be sharp. They are going to have to pounce early, I think, and even if pouncing early and pressing hard doesn't do anything. Um, I think it's going to be very important for them to kind of keep themselves together and make sure they're good. And so, yeah, I think this is going to be one of those matches where when Chelsea pounces early, even if they don't get a goal from it, and really especially if they don't get a goal from it, it's going to be really important for them to not get discouraged and to keep crafting chances and to keep their kind of wits about them and make sure that when those chances do come, they're identifying the areas where they can work the ball into getting a clinical shot and then bearing it and making sure they put it in the net. So this could be one of those tests, <laughs> even though, you know, you could have a combination of factors of a low, you know, two banks of four, rust from Chelsea. You know, you might not have Fran Kirby and probably won't. You know, there, there are some things that I think could make this match interesting, but I think we both would be a little shocked if we had didn't come out on top on this one. So having said that, it's prediction time for Spurs FA Cup, Spurs, Chelsea, FA Cup. What are we predicting, or what are you predicting for the match? Hmm. I think that we will win 2-0. Wow, I don't two. think they will score. Is that, is that basically team. just the rust? Yeah, I don't think, I don't expect this to like run riot almost, because I think the focus will be on like a, a sort of strong compact performance. Uh, and I don't think we'll have like really have the ability to go straight into um, a runaway performance like that if we haven't had like a back of results uh, to to follow up on. So I think two 0 is a good scoreline. Um, yeah, I think that's, okay. that's what I'm going for. You know, as you were talking, and as I actually as as I was talking, I was thinking of you know some massive scoreline, but but I think I kind of talked myself out of that, <laughs> given how long Chelsea have been off <laughs> and all the factors and uh, that I just mentioned. I actually kind of think now that Spurs may end up scoring first. They probably do it off of like some sort of set piece um, that, that we happen to get a foul. And so I think it's going to end up being 3-1. I think it's basically going to wake Chelsea up and they're going to be annoyed and then score three goals, um, probably all in the second half. But I could see it being frustrating. Uh, I can see Spurs scoring first and then uh, Chelsea responding quite well and getting a comfortable victory, at least as far as the scoreline goes. So, um, yeah, 3-1 Chelsea. We'll see. That, that Our predictions are getting more involved now, so I'm getting a little scared <laughs> that I'm getting giving so much detail. But, hey, <laughs> whatever. We'll see how it goes. Um, all right, so let's move on then to the to the weekend. Basically, a week from the time of recording, we will have played Everton again. 
um, this time in the league, though, where we lost to them. I hate saying it, but we did lost to them in the 2019 20, and 2020 uh, FA Cup quarterfinal. It was a frustrating game. I believe they came from behind and scored two goals uh, after we scored the first, so that was annoying. Uh, so we did mention that they, they could be a little banged up. At the very least, they're going to be exhausted, uh, 120 minutes um, playing, playing that. And then, you know, they also have another um, – or having 120 minutes, having the injuries that they had. You know, a lot of players were, were pretty tore up. Uh, I, I think Gavon, she, she really had some issues with her knee. She wrapped it up a couple of times. It seems like they wrapped it up at halftime. She trotted around a little bit, and then she asked for more tape, and she wrapped it up herself. So she can't be feeling 100%, uh, even even given a week's rest. Uh, and same with, I think, Lucy Graham was the other player who left uh, injured as well. So those are two pretty key players for them. So what do you think this – how do you view the strength and weakness, I guess, breakdown of Everton versus Chelsea? Yeah, just as you mentioned, I think those two two key areas and two key players are what's going to be the difference between um, a tough performance that we saw in the FA Cup there where we were defeated and maybe something a little bit more easier. And that's because midfield is where we really struggle, especially with Graham and alongside Christensen. These are players who can play across that line, whether it's an 8, a 10 or a 6, able to bulk up um, and make it really, really hard for you to find gaps through the way, the way that G and Kirby normally do with relative ease. So I think without without having that that same partnership, I think we're going to find it a little bit easy to press them and, and to find those gaps and find ways to to safeguard that passage through to Kerr or England, whoever is in there. And I think that um, if that is the case, then you can expect Everton to really rotate. Like you mentioned, they'll be fatigued when they pick up. And as we said before, I don't think they'll really want to risk playing tired players against us. It's too early in the season to really be sort of sacrificing players like that. Um, so, you know, the midfield won't be as strong. They do have um, a very strong defence, central defensive partnership. And I guess that will also be quite tough to break through. But then at the other end, they will be, like we mentioned, without Govan. And maybe that means they have to sweep formation. And maybe that means they won't be as comfortable in, in creating attacking movements. So... There are more opportunities for us to really play as strong as we didn't play yeah, against. I think them watching the match up, um, against Manchester City, you really saw how far Everton has come. Um, you know, even though there are, there were a lot of times in that match where where Manchester City just had the ball forever. I think the first half possession stats where Manchester City had it for seventy percent of the time. That's just some absurd uh, type of type of possession. But it also was one of those things where Everton still looked comfortable. Um, they still they didn't look like they were rattled having to defend the way that they were defending. They weren't really giving away great shots. Um, their goalkeeper, Sandy McIver, deserves, I think she was the player of the match, honestly. She had some brilliant, some outstanding saves, and she's a difficult keeper to beat. Um, and you, you just never know uh, what can happen. I was almost you know rooting for Everton a little bit just because that Manchester City rivalry is still, is still pretty intense. Um, and I was just like, you know what, I wish... I wish Everton had a player who could really just kind of step up like Millie Bright did uh, in the community shield, uh, just step up and just blast the ball from 30 yards on Roebuck just to see if you can get a goal. Uh, but but they weren't really able to connect. And I think it was the result of City's press. Um, City was all over them. Um, Everton really couldn't build anything through midfield. Uh, when they did build or leak the ball out, they only had a couple of players who were kind of on the attack and they tried to had to try to hold up the ball until other players could come. 
And so they really were a bit disjointed in attack and, and being able to get the ball transitioned into attack was really difficult for them. And I think without the two players that we just talked about, you know, Graham and Galvan, that might be really difficult, especially because Galvan, she's just like, you, you, you hope to get a, a set piece where you can just put the ball in the box and let her and let her win headers and put them on frame. That's basically all she did. I'm not even sure if she took a shot with her foot. She just had a lot of a lot of headed balls that one one went in the goal. I think one got really close and bounced on the byline right outside of the far post or the near post. Uh, so she she was dangerous. And if she's, you know, injured at all and can't go, that might take away a dimension that Chelsea has has suffered with before. So that could be very interesting. I do wonder though, just just because they really kind of got under our skin, exploiting our flank issues last time, and though they may not have Govan in the middle to profit off those crosses, is it possible that they could use that same plan? Because it's not like you know those weaknesses and outside. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think what they're probably going to do is try to do exactly what they did against Manchester City, and is really just kind of frustrate us and hope that they can keep the game as close as possible. Um, and not have to worry about, you know, get, giving up a couple goals or getting into a position where there's difficult to come back from. So I don't think they're going to have too much of an um, of an issue, even if they don't have her, because I don't think that that changes the way that they play. Um, basically, from the defense and midfield, I still think they're going to be defensively sound and organized, and it's going to be very difficult for Chelsea to break them down because that's kind of been this season's Everton's calling card. Everton might not have the firepower to get a goal, to get the first goal or to score and, and get the equalizer if we happen to score first. But I, I do think it's going to be a struggle against them, um, even though they will likely be a bit more tired. We may have to struggle for them for, you know, 50 minutes to an hour, and then that fatigue may set in and we'll start getting more chances than we did. But I do think it's going to be a difficult match. Yeah, just as you mentioned, I think as the game progresses, we'll probably suddenly get become stronger, have more possession, find more chances, and maybe in the tail end of the game, that's where the likes of Kirby, hopefully she's playing, and G and Kyle. You know, and this is one question. We didn't talk goals. about this off pod, so this is going to be a bit of a surprise, but whenever you give Emma Hayes a lot of time to do something, she kind of tends to come out with like some sort of wrinkle or some little trick. <laughs> and so I think in the community shield, we saw that Chelsea had this really aggressive press that came out that we saw Manchester City struggle to cope with. Uh, and we've seen uh, Chelsea use that in a number of matches. Uh, and especially like we mentioned with the Spurs match, Spurs trying to play the ball out of the back could be a really kind of fatal mistake for them given Chelsea's press. So it might be really, really difficult if they, or if they are intent on doing that. What do you think that given this time off, do you think that Emma Hayes may have added one more wrinkle? And if you think so, what do you think it may be? Well, I'm hoping it's a good wrinkle. I mean, I know we've had experiences of bad wrinkles, but maybe it's like a double pivot with Sophie Ingle back in the picture. We haven't seen her for a while. Um, maybe it's, uh, you know, an extra play in midfield or maybe maybe Beth England is playing from the start. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I would love that wrinkle. <laughs> yeah, at the same time, though, with the Everton game on Sunday, it's possible there's a good chance that that wrinkle won't be a good one. And maybe she'll leave out England, or maybe she, um, she will switch up uh, one of the players in the back four. We hope not, because I think it's um, facing Spurs. I don't think that's going to be a game where we will require sort of heavy, um, 
sort of support from her bench, I think that's something that we can get through. So it's actually more of a chance for her to play a, a squad that's consistent across both those games and rotate for any reason other than other than potential fatigue, which, like you said, it shouldn't be a problem because, we, you know, we haven't played anything for just under a month. So um, it's, you know, it's it's a better... It's a better opportunity, really, for her to stay consistent with the squad and her choices because whatever team plays against Spurs will be strong enough to play against Everton. But you always just know that there's a there's an off chance that she's going to do something that is just going to... Yeah, and I, I kind of hope that, that the little tweak is figuring out a way to play Kerr, England, and Harder at the same time. Uh, I just don't know if that's... Like, if I'm expecting that now because I think Harder was away for the vast majority of the break with, with the Denmark national team. Um, and shout out to them. They qualify yeah. for the Euros. Uh, she scored a couple goals uh, across a couple matches. You know, she's she, she's she's a world-class player. And it would be great to be able to see them three on the pitch at the same time. So even though I don't necessarily think that'll be the case, because I think she only just got back to training, what, late last week, probably. Um, I, don't, I don't think Emma Hayes had enough time for that. But who knows? Um, I am expecting a little wrinkle, a little something interesting. The team does seem like it's been training hard. The left, who was left over and, and wasn't called up or whose national teams didn't have any matches like Australia. So Sam Kerr has been there uh, the whole time. So uh, could be interesting. Could, could be very interesting. So let's move on to predictions for the Everton match. Could be a tough game. I think we're both expecting it to be a tough game. Um, we are expecting to... Uh, we're, we're expecting slash hoping that the fatigue that uh, Everton is going to run into should definitely run into, I suppose, given 120 minutes against a team like Manchester City, which kept them defending for basically all 120 minutes. Um, we are expecting something, uh, some sort of a result from the match. So I guess that depends on do we think it's a draw or an outright win? What is your prediction? I think that we will edge it just two goals to one. Ooh. I think, as I mentioned last time when we played them, I think it's still a difficult game, even though um, they don't have the players, they still have the mindset and, and the philosophy and the concept of how they're going to want to face. So I think that it will still be difficult. And I, st- and I still think that um, from an attacking perspective, we're kind of still working out what our best sort of group of players are. And, you know, we haven't been as clinical so I think that it's a safe kind of bet to go with 2-1. I don't think it'll be any more than that. I expect us to run away with the Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a runaway kind of result. But I do think that Chelsea will, having an opportunity to knock off the rust against Spurs is kind of a dangerous thing. And, and especially with the match being on Tuesday, it's not like it's on Wednesday or something where it would really limit the days of recovery. I think Emma Hayes could very, um, if everybody is 100% fit, uh, for Spurs, I don't see a problem with her naming the same 11 in both matches. I don't think she will, but just noting that it's enough time to where recovery isn't out of the question. And uh, we should still be sharper, more fit and able and ready uh, than Everton having played 120 minutes against City. So I'm expecting 2-0 Chelsea. I'm thinking that Ooh. Govon probably won't play her. And if she does, I think she'll be an early sub. Um, I don't think that they're going to be able to carve out too many chances. I think that Chelsea is going to be very motivated against them uh, and try and really pin them back and, uh, and, and get those two goals and not have much to worry about at the other end. So hope I'm right. <laughs> really hope I'm right. I am a little cautious, a lot more cautious as Everton squad than I, than I uh, thought I was going to be. But if we've seen anything this season, 
um, they are absolutely one of those clubs that is very difficult to get a result from. So this is slightly wishful thinking, but then I'm looking at the scenario that each team will be in. And uh, Chelsea, I, I think if you look at it, you would want to be uh, Chelsea more than you would want to be Everton coming into this match. So that's why I'm taking Chelsea with a 2-0 win. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, so we will be back, of course. We're returning to our regularly uh, recording uh, schedule. So no worries. You will have pods from us every week uh, from now on. We won't have any more breaks unless Chelsea decides to go another month without playing a match. Um, or, or, of course, the worst should happen, which hopefully it does not. You know, I do have to give, um, make sure that we are being aware of the pandemic. What did you say? What's the worst? What did you say? What's the worst? Oh, we don't want to talk. Worst. We're not going to put that into the, into the atmosphere there. We're just going to leave that in my head and then hope that it leaves quickly. Um, so what, real quick though, we did want to give a shout out there. A couple of Chelsea players, um, hit some milestones with their, inter, with their national teams. Mara Mielda played her, had her 150th cap, uh, for Norway. That was really awesome. And Sophie Engel, even though she, it was her 101st cap, her mom wasn't able to be at her 100th, but she showed up for her, um, for her. 101st and gave her her uh, I think she got a little what was it what, what did she get it was like a little banner or something for her 100th cap uh, so it was really touching moment we retweeted it um, I, we were both kind of sobbing about it it was really really touching moment so find that on our Twitter account because it was really cool to see um, and you know that's just more of a reminder like like Mielda and Engel are two of those players that we just talk about kind of casually but they're some of the best in the world. You know, they're leading some. They're leading their squads. They've got both have over 100 caps for their national team. They're they're ridiculously solid and talented players. So I just think it's more shout out to to Chelsea, uh, the talent recruitment, who they have in the squad, how talented and deep the squad is. Love this team. Glad they're back. Really, really can't wait to watch these matches this week. So. Thank you for listening. Be sure to rate and review the podcast. It helps us grow. It helps others be able to find us and listen to uh, this podcast that celebrates all things Chelsea FCW and, of course, Fran Kirby. Of course, get well soon, Fran Kirby. And Fran Kirby would actually, while she's recovering, would really appreciate it if you guys would review the podcast, leave a nice review for us to read, um, and also leave us five stars because it'll just help. It, it'll make Fran Kirby feel better. She might recover faster and be back to her old form. Uh, against Everton. So um, yes, I'm absolutely um, <laughs> extorting you all. Uh, and and But it's fine. That's what we want to see. Reviews, uh, five stars, all that good stuff. Um, and we do have a bit of a treat for you. We know that we've got Arsenal coming up after, the, after these couple of matches. So we will have a bit of a treat for you with our next um, podcast. So be on the lookout for that. But until then, thank you for listening. And <laughs> why did you say like that <laughs> i don't know why i said that in fact we're gonna leave that in because it was so awkward and i'm just gonna say thanks for listening we will talk to you all next week that's what i usually say i forgot what i usually said and i've got real random and, and really really unfortunate so sorry talk to y'all next week <laughs> <laughs>